today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Scott Thompson Show here on 900 CHML. Scott Radley in for Scott Thompson. I know that song is the Maple Leafs winning song. They play it when they win the game. But I'm sorry, I cannot not think of it from the movie Slapshot, which is where it really belongs. Right after Killer Carlson smashes up the bus with a sledgehammer to make it look tougher, and then they go on the road trip. That's that is where Maxine Nightingale's song was supposed to be. The Leafs stole it, and it's fine. It's fine that they're doing it. But I think of Slapshot. I'm sorry. Maybe some of you do too. I mentioned hockey um, for two reasons. One, because I think everybody would like a little break from COVID for a few minutes. That's true. Um, but also, the NHL season kicks off tomorrow evening as it should with the Leafs playing the Canadians. You're going to see a lot of that this year, the Leafs and the Canadians, the Leafs and the Oilers, the Leafs and the Senators, the Leafs and whomever in Canada because of the all-Canadian division. The Leafs will only be playing Canadian teams, which is actually kind of beautiful, not just because of the Canadian thing, uh, not just because of the rivalries, but and not just because of the history, but because pretty much all the teams in the Canadian division all of a sudden are pretty good and Ottawa is a bit of a wild card. We don't really know. They may not be that good, but six of the seven teams should be pretty strong, which should make for some pretty compelling viewing over the course of this shortened season. Kevin Shea is the uh, education and publication facilitator for the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is the author of close to 20 books on hockey, including his latest book, which is just out called Voices in Blue and White, Pride and Passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kevin joins us now. Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing real well. I feel terrible because I'm the only one not named Scott on the show today. Well, you know, we've had a few others, but we've tried to convince them to switch. But it's, uh, (laughs) you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Very Um, good. they're a happy hockey, by the way, now that, uh, you know, we have something besides COVID going on to distract. We've had football. I know we've had baseball and basketball, but, you know, hockey, somehow it makes it seem better. Absolutely does. And I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night and the kickoff of the National Hockey League season. And I'm glad we got you right now because I have a feeling that once that happens um, and with the compressed schedule the NHL has created, we may not be able to pry you off the couch for the next few months. It may be all you're doing. So, uh, and I get oh, that. A lot of people so get well, that. Scott, geez, you know? you've got it. Are you, uh, I mean, clearly you're a Leaf fan. I know you work for the Hockey Hall of Fame and probably, you know, you're not supposed to fully say that out loud, but, you know, Don Cherry admitted he was so on Hockey Night Canada, so I guess you can too. Um, As a Leaf fan, are you excited or are you anxious about the season for the reason I just said? All the teams you're going to be playing this year, pretty much, are really good, which really creates a bit of a wild card for what the season might bring. I'm very excited, as I am before every season, and, and the anticipation runs high and hoping for the very, very best, and you always think, this is the year. You just don't know, but I just love good <laughs> hockey, and as long as there's some good action and it's competitive, I'll be a very happy boy. Wait a second. You said you always say you hope this is the year and you never know. It has been 54 <laughs> years. You okay, know. got me, got me, yeah. Scott. <laughs> we, I mean, look, I, I was born six months after the Leafs last won a Stanley Cup. I've not been alive for the Leafs to win a Stanley Cup. I'm, I, I feel like a Cubs fan in a certain way well, uh, up until recently. let me tell recently. you, back in the day, and, uh, yeah, no, no, uh, it's been a long dry spell, but maybe this is the year. <laughs> well, you, you are the eternal optimist. I will give you that. It's always good to talk to someone who truly believes until proven otherwise that this is going to be the time. Well, that's it. Exactly. That's it. The glass half full for sure. 
The great thing, as I said a moment ago, besides the good teams about an all Canadian division this year is uh, too many times in the playoffs in recent years, we get to the second round of the playoffs and there's no Canadian teams left. We're guaranteed to have at least one Canadian team in the semifinals. Well, there will be one Canadian team in the semifinals. The downside, Kevin, and, and again, as a Leaf fan and a lot of people listening are Leaf fans, can you imagine the heartache and angst and pain among those Leaf fans, if it's not them, but if it's the Canadians or the Canucks, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup, this would be this would be forget COVID. This would be worse than anything. Well, it, w- well, it would, but it's funny how things happen. As a fan of your particular team, so I'll say Toronto because that's my my team at this point. But as we go through the playoffs, as your team is finally eliminated. Well, in many cases, we find a new team to uh, to cheer for, and in many cases, it's the Canadian franchise that's still existing in the in the playoffs. And so, you know, you continue on, and you don't feel quite the same passion, obviously, but you still feel very strong towards having that Canadian team uh, continue on. Some will just choose their favorite team because, uh, sorry, another favorite team because they like a specific player, or you know, their their family has cheered for whoever the Boston Bruins or whatever in the past, even though they might be a Leaf fan, but. In most cases, I find, at least amongst my peers, that uh, we find another Canadian team to cheer on as we move forward. Could you, honestly, your hand is now on the Bible, you're hooked up to a lie detector machine, and I've injected you with sodium pentothal. If the Montreal Canadiens were the only Canadian team left, would you be cheering for the Canadiens? I I would. I wouldn't uh, be cheering vociferously by any means, but I would uh, be hoping for for Canada's sake, for them to do all right. But it would hurt to do so. I have to be candid. I think that most most Leaf fans would rather be cheering for the Canadians' bus to get lost and end up in South Porcupine <laughs> and have no idea how to get home than to cheer for them to win a cup. But, you know, okay. All right. You are, you are a man who has a big heart and is willing to open his arms to your enemy. So that's, there we uh, are. that's exactly. admirable. Um, you have written a book and, and you've written many books, but let's talk about this latest book because I find it a really interesting concept. Uh, and it's not a complicated concept. It's just a really good idea. You talk to, is it 500 people connected to the Leafs over the years? 493 to be very precise, <laughs> but yeah, it just kind of fell into my lap to be very candid again. But, you know, through the years, I've been blessed to be able to, uh, to interview a number of players for different projects that I'm working on books or other projects. And, my last question to each of them would have been, what did it mean to wear the blue and white sweater of the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I had wonderful comments from them, just wonderful comments. And it really emerged how passionate that uh, the players are, whether they grew up watching the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada or whether it was in their DNA because dad and grandpa or mom and grandma or whatever cheered for the team. Nevertheless, I, I had a number of them. And, and yes, some got used in another book that I had, but only only a few, and, and I, I had a hundred plus at the time, and I thought, you know, this is this is a nice project. Maybe it's something for a, a, a website or who knows where. And then I thought, wait a minute, hang on. You know, the pandemic is on right now. We're we're devoid of hockey, so I started to contact that many more, and and not just players, but rock musicians or or uh, politicians or whoever who had very very publicly announced that they were Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I got their comments. And by the time I was done, it was 493 of them, and I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this book out. It's not a complicated uh, you know, premise by any means, but it's a really interesting one to, to hear about 
all these people vowing why they like the Leafs, how how great it felt to pull on the blue and white jersey, uh, all of the you know how the Leafs are parallel to the the New York Yankees, you know in baseball as far as hockey goes, and to feel that great pride welling within them to pull on the jersey. So it was really a fun project to do, and uh, I hope that people who have the book feel the same way that I do. It's just an interesting read. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. As a guy who can be a little obsessive compulsive of things like a picture being off angle or not straight or whatever, could you not have found seven more to round it to 500? <laughs> <laughs> I thought of exactly that. At one point, I just started to realize, you know, he, you know, I didn't even know how many I had at that time, and I decided to self-publish this one too. And so, so I put it together and I designed it as well as I could, and you know, had a friend step in and, and help out that way as well, and conceived the, the cover, and uh, and shipped it off to to a woman who was going to uh, do the typeset for me, and and then I thought, you know, I should count and see how many I have here. It'd be really interesting to. Wait a minute, 493. By that point, by that point, they were well along in the process towards printing, and so it was uh, too late to add those extra seven. But darn it, now I'm just kicking myself that I I hadn't counted earlier, Scott. You're right about that. Uh, I'm just trying to look up here. If uh, I mean, okay, at least with 93, there's a you know a history behind the number. So if you got a I leaf like number that. 93, it can work. Oh, I like that the Doug Gilmore you know synergy here. I like that, and and the four can be you know Red Kelly or well Mike Pellick or, or whoever. We can just take it from there. You're, there you, you go. You've but, really uh, justified it for me. Thank you. Yeah. See, I thought that was going to be your answer. I didn't think it was just going to be. I ran out of steam. <laughs> I can tell you that moving forward, it will be. <laughs> what what was I mean, now the amazing thing? And I haven't seen the entire book. I've seen little bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Some of the answers that you got by the looks of it are, you know, are pretty concise or pretty tight. They just, you know, someone gave a quick hit, but some of these look like they're pretty in depth as to their, their thoughts and feelings behind wearing the Maple Leaf jersey. Well, that was the thing. So, so I reached out to all of these people and some chose to send me an email response, um, some by Twitter, <laughs> curiously, uh, but most by telephone. And, and so you're right, some were, were just, you know, a nice, uh, a nice concise paragraph or a few sentences. But some went into wonderful detail, and there was no way I was going to stop them when they were telling their story because it was just so powerful and so passionate. So, I mean, someone like Kurt Walker, for example, played in the 1970s, you know, was an enforcer, brought him up to play against the, uh, the Broad Street Bullies in Philadelphia. Didn't play with the team very long. In fact, I think it was two or maybe three seasons. But I'll tell you, his story was so compelling boy from just outside of Boston who discovered hockey when all of his pals were playing football and the path that he took to play hockey let alone to go to the highest level playing in the National Hockey League was league was just was extraordinary and so you know his his story was in its entirety and and left it like that others i i edited down for whatever reason just because there was you know some superfluous things but uh, but nevertheless it just whatever they told me that that answered the question was what went into the book. Was there one that was a favorite? Well, Kurt Walker is the one I mentioned for sure. I, yeah. I really liked Russ Courtnell's. His was a really good one too. You know, his uh, his dad had actually been in, uh, been signed for the Detroit Red Wings organization, but he was a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. 
when the time came for him to to decide whether he was going to turn pro or not, I'm talking about his dad, um, he chose to work in the mines instead because he could make more money than playing professional hockey. So he continued on being a big Leaf fan, and he raised his boys, Jeff and, and Russ. Jeff also played in the NHL, although not for the Leafs but raised them as Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and they had their, their Saturday night ritual where they could eat the, the, uh, the French fries. The only time they could ever eat French fries was on Saturday night with Hockey Night in Canada <laughs> on. And when they started to play hockey, they, they actually ended up, by fluke, playing for a team called the Toronto Buds, which borrowed the blue and white colors of the Maple Leafs, so they really felt something special because that was their team. Russ ends up getting drafted by the Maple Leafs. He comes back from the Olympics, and he gets called up to play for, uh, for the team in Vancouver. Road game for the Leafs. Uh, he was living in Victoria at the time with his family, and he went over, and his family was able to watch as he made his NHL debut wearing the Maple Leaf of his, uh, of, that his father had raised them to, uh, to love so much. Dad had passed by that point, unfortunately, but the rest of the family was there. Time goes on, and Russ is part of a controversial trade to the Montreal Canadiens, where John, John Cordick came yep. to Toronto, right? Yep. And Russ went to Montreal. And that very first day, he sat in the dressing room and looked up to the heavens, and he apologized to his dad as he pulled on the, uh, the red, white, and blue of the <laughs> See, Montreal Canadiens. That's what I was asking you there. about before. That's what I was asking about cheering for the Canadians if they were the last remaining team. Russ <laughs> Cortnell would never do it, even no, though he you're played right. for he, them now. He, uh, he felt like he was betraying his father to do exactly that, but just a really fun story and a, and a story of passion and pride as well. We only have a couple seconds left here. Uh, you included, I believe, David Ayers. Uh, you had to include David Ayers just to drive Leaf fans insane. The guy they wished would just fade into the mists of time, the Zamboni driving backup goalie that tormented them and will forever now. Um, but who was your who was your all-time favorite player growing up? Who was the guy that you loved the most as a Leaf fan growing up? When I was a little boy, it was Eddie Shack. I loved Eddie Shack. In fact, even now, by way of Facebook, whenever I, uh, I run into people who I went to public school with, they all said, oh, God, we all remember you. You had the Eddie Shack lunch pail, and you were singing, clear the track, because mm-hmm. yep. here comes Shack. So Eddie Shack was my guy. But as time went on, you know, Wendell, loved Wendell, loved Gilmore, uh, Calberlay. I mean, it just goes on and on. I'm such a fan. But my uh, my my youthful hero was Eddie Shack. And got to now, he died recently, but did yeah. you were you able to get him in the book? Is he is there something there? Did you ever have that conversation? Oh, with yeah. Him? No, no, I did for sure. Not a long conversation, but it was a was a wonderful conversation too. And you know, for him, it was it wasn't that he loved the Leafs so much. It was just a chance for him to uh, to leave Sudbury and a, a life of being a a butcher and playing for uh, playing NHL hockey. But Toronto was his team and his dad's team from listening to it on the radio. So he was very happy to play for the Leafs and get out of New York, where he had been previously to a terrible experience. We got to run, but uh, if people want the book, it's called Voices in Blue and White, Pride and Passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's by Kevin Shea. Kevin, where can people get this if they want to get a copy? Oh, thank you, Scott. Well, two ways. My website is kevinsheahockey.com. My my last name is spelled S-H-E-A. So kevinsheahockey.com or email me if you wish, kevin underscore shea at rogers.com. And either way, we'll take care of you. As I mentioned right now, it's self-published, but we hope to get into the stores in the next little while. Fantastic stuff, Kevin. Always love having you on and uh, enjoy the couch for the next three or four months. We'll uh, we'll probably talk to you when you emerge at the end of the season. <laughs> Sounds great, Scott. Thanks a million for the time today. Love having you on. Kevin Shea from the Hockey Hall of Fame and uh, author again, the Voices in Blue and White, Pride and Passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.